Hello, everyone. We're so glad you can join us today and welcome to the Empower Hour pre-show. For those of you who are joining us for the very first time, the orientation you just watched gives a brief overview of what's available on the Action for Canada website, and we play it every week during the pre-show. I'd like to invite you to go to our website often in order to check out all the new content and information that is constantly being updated and uploaded. Here at Action for Canada, we are committed to providing you with relevant resources in an effort to educate, strengthen, and empower you to stand up for truth and for your rights and freedoms. Some of the places of interest on our website that I'd like to bring to your attention bring to your attention include the youth freedom movement where you will be inspired as you watch the powerful speeches that several of the A4C youth have posted. If you have any specific prayer requests, please let us know so we can pray for you. Any information you share will be kept confidential. And of course, we're always promoting the local Action for Canada chapters. So if you aren't already part of a chapter, we invite you to sign up and get involved. Previous recordings of the Empower Hour, Taboo Talks, and the Orientation are available on our website for you to rewatch or to share with your family and friends. I would be remiss if I forgot to extend a great big thank you to everyone who contributes in any way to Action for Canada. Whether it's a gift of your talents, time, donations, or prayers, we are so very grateful. Thank you also to everyone who has taken on a leadership role, including the core team, the chapter leaders, the Empower Hour crew, and of course, Tanya Gaw, Action for Canada's founder and leader. If you know of anyone who might be interested in joining us for tonight's webinar, be sure to invite them right now. The link is posted in the chat. And for those of you who are watching live on Facebook, click on the link provided so you can join this webinar and have access to the entire show, including being able to participate in the Q&A at the end of tonight's presentation. And now it's time for the Empower Hour. Hello and welcome to the Empower Hour. We're so happy you're spending time with us today. It's October 5th, 2022, and we have another great show planned for you. Due to unforeseen circumstances, our scheduled guest, Chris Elston, is unable to attend tonight's Empower Hour, but do not despair. Action for Canada's founder and leader, Tanya Gaw, will be coming on in just a few moments to give us an extensive update, and I know we're all looking forward to hearing all she has to share with us. We will have a time of Q&A at the end of Tanya's presentation. Action for Canada is a grassroots movement reaching out to millions of Canadians and uniting our voices in opposition to the destructive policies tearing at the fabric of our nation. Through call to action campaigns, we equip citizens to take action. We are committed to protecting faith, family and freedom. I'm so pleased to introduce you to Tanya Gaw, the founder and leader of Action for Canada. For over seven years and before many of us were even aware of our government's misconduct and corruption, Tanya has been standing up and fighting for our rights and freedoms. She became an activist and freedom fighter when Justin Trudeau was first running for office, and she became very concerned about the future of Canada and what that would look like for our children and for future generations. Tanya has a concern for all Canadians 
Canadians, but especially for our innocent and vulnerable youth, which has prompted her to become a courageous and passionate advocate as she exposes the government's exploitation of our children. Will you all please help me welcome Tanya Gaw. That's <laughs> all those. <laughs> all right, that's awesome. Digging those bagpipes. <laughs> Thanks, Trenzio. Oh, thank you, Heather. Um, you have just such an articulate way of uh, expressing, you know, what our concerns are, the direction that we're going. Your orientations are so informative as well. And I just want to welcome anybody that is joining us for the first time tonight. So again, thank you, Heather, very much. Yeah, so we had a little bit of a spin tonight. At the last minute, we found out our guests couldn't make it. Uh, this is the first time that we've experienced this. But it's okay. It happens to be a topic that I'm very passionate about and that I'm very well versed on. And so for anybody that joined us in Taboo Talks yesterday on Tuesday, uh, you are going to get a bit of a rerun of what we went over yesterday. And I also want to express my deep gratitude to everyone who has donated to Act for Canada, who is volunteering their time and being part of our campaigns and initiatives. We're very strategic in what we're doing, and I just want to have this opportunity tonight to show you where your funds are going and the um, progress because of your time of serving notices of liability, because of the uh, input that you are having we are actually having good progress. We are making great progress. We're having an impact. And so, Trenzio, I think with that, I'll go straight straight to screen. Oh, right. You're right. You're, thanks for just the reminder. reminder. <laughs> I want to get right into that. Uh, we just want to give a big thank you to our new sponsors, Galatians 5-1 Freedom Coffee. And uh, of all the sales that they make of all of their coffee, they are donating 10% to Action for Canada. They are about funding the fight for freedom. And uh, we just so appreciate Julie and Jason and their initiative to support Action for Canada. Do you have an image of the back? There's the back of the packaging of the coffee. And if we go a little bit closer to that packaging, you can see there's proud supporters of Action for Canada. And they, on their labeling, uh, they highlight how we are committed to protecting faith, family, and freedom. So order your coffee today. I, I can tell you firsthand from experience, their coffee is delicious. <laughs> so thank you, Jason and Julie. All right. Thank you also, Trenzio, for that reminder. Okay, so is it okay to share my screen Absolutely, now? Absolutely, yep. All right. Thank you, Trenzio. All right, um, everyone, every every Empower Hour, I'm bringing up this map. And more now more than ever tonight, I'm going to just fill you in on why this is so critical, why our mission to put chapters into every town and community is so important. Uh, we had... Um, Notice that 37 mayors automatically won their seat and we haven't even had the municipal elections in BC yet. And the reason they won their seat is because they had no opposition. If we had chapters in every single one of those communities, I believe that we could have won the majority of those. That's how powerful the movement of Action for Canada is. So if you haven't joined a chapter, please join one. If you want, if you want to uh, volunteer to lead a chapter, please go to our A4C chapter page. And on that page, you have the option of um, 
volunteering as a leader. Anyways, uh, we're beginning the vetting again, and we would be in contact with you in the very near future. So please consider that. Once you see the information that I'm going to go over tonight as well, you'll see why it's so critical, not only for elections coming up and getting good people into office, uh, but because there's uh, we're wanting to build communities within communities, giving our fellow Canadians support. I'm not sure if you're aware, but there was a bill before the legislature today and uh, it ends up that it was regarding the euthanasia and it was a bill set forth by a conservative MP wanting to give uh, doctors, nurses, people in the medical profession the option to opt euthanasia to providing euthanasia to participating in any way based on their const constitutional right to do so and that bill was voted down today so uh, we're going to be having David Cook on next week and we're going to be talking about euthanasia but this truly is a culture of death we need to get these people out of office all right, I'm going to dig right in here, and I'm uh, Heather had mentioned about the notice of liability. Uh, Terenzio, I just want to confirm that you can see my screen. Yep. Okay, super. So the notice of liability is to remove the SOGI 123, also known as the Comprehensive Sexual Education Resource, as well as the pornographic books and the uh, drag queens the sexual performers that are just absolutely so disgusting. I don't even have words for how any sane person uh, could make available these individuals to have access to children. There was a notice from California today where, I'm sorry, because if you have children right now, I'm going to ask you to either mute your mic. <laughs> um, I'm going to also be showing some explicit, uh, explicit um, information. So either turn your screen off, mute your mic for a moment. But it's getting so extreme that they are bringing an individual, a drag queen in who is dressed as a inflated penis uh, with testicles going into the class and teaching uh, about gender uh, neutral and that there is no male or female. Uh, this is in primary school and this is coming to a school near you unless we all, we all really unite and do something about that. It is so disturbing. In Canada as well, I hope you know, we have drag queens performing for children in public library, libraries for many years. They're also being invited into schools in Canada to perform for minors, and we've got to put a stop to this. I have reviewed in the past the pornographic books, but for those of you who are new, uh, I'm going to expose you to this because this is what they're trying to normalize in school. Uh, the ARC Foundation is responsible for uh, the resource SOGI in British Columbia and Alberta. But as I said, this is a UN agenda called the Comprehensive Sexual Education Program. The ARC Foundation and SOGI's names are all over these books as far as promoting them is concerned. It's perfectly normal. This is for kindergartners. Uh, which is grooming them, sexualizing them, teaching them about masturbation, uh, teaching them about homosexual uh, relationships, um, encouraging them to watch their parents have sexual relations, showing parts of their body and um, just graphic images that kindergartners, grade one, grade two, grade three, I'm disturbed uh, looking at this. I feel horrible showing this to you, but this is what is rampant that is available in our public libraries to children in the section for minors, all right? Now, it's not that every single teacher is pulling these books out and making them available in your kindergarten class or grade one. They may only have one book available in the school system. 
they're trying to say it's only available to adults, um, you know, in the LGBTQ community or whoever wants to have access to them. But we have evidence that there are also schools where if there is a teacher who embraces a homosexual trans lifestyle, then they have the uh, authority now to bring certain resources into their class and teach children what they feel, uh, you know, uh, is is best suited uh, as far as their ideologies, all right? This is not uh, a place for ideologies in the classroom and all of these social agendas. There is uh, no identity politics needed in the classroom. They need to keep politics out. This is about teaching kids reading, writing, and arithmetic, the public school system, the private school systems, the education system is no longer a safe place for our children. All right, another book, Sex is a Funny Word. Again, graphics about, um, you know, just again in cartoon style or comic book style, however you want to say about the body parts, very, very graphic about uh, masturbation again, anything that you can imagine showing, you know, how they could be tingly and delighted in the bathtub on their own and giving them instruction on how to do that. This is what children are being taught in school. Uh, this is also a very disturbing book, Gender Queer. Again, constantly about homosexual relationships, graphic images of uh, minors having sexual relationships. Very, very graphic very graphic. Um, I'm going to go as quickly as I can through this, but I need everybody to understand what your kids have the option of being exposed to. This is not appropriate to have available to minors. Now, the reason I'm showing you that and the reason I, again, am just so grateful to everybody that donates to Action for Canada and is giving up their time volunteering and actually not just volunteering, but taking action tangibly taking the resources and the cam cam campaigns that we have and putting them into motion. So because of it, we are having uh, a lot of um, opposition from the government, from the unions, from the media, from the uh, Canadian Federation of Library Associations, and now as well from the ARC Foundation. This is because of all of your work. This is because of the work of Action for Canada and providing these incredible resources to get this information, one, to educate you, but secondly, to put you in a powerful position to know what the rule of law says about sexualizing children at school so you can confidently move forward with taking action against public libraries, against teachers, against principals, against anyone who is grooming, in part, in part grooming our children. All right? This is grooming. It's a gr national grooming network. It's an international grooming network. I go so far as to say it is a national pedophile network. I'm not saying everybody involved in this are pedophiles, but anybody who is silent and who continues to promote SOGI and continues to um, allow these pornographic books without being outraged by them, and anybody who is allowing drag queens to come in and sexually perform for children, I'm saying there's definitely very dear, deep concerns about individuals that would support this. In cases of pedophilia, uh, this is where you would find these types of things going on. So we really have to question the individuals that are in power and authority who are allowing this and not responding rightly to parents' concerns. 
Just so you know as well, parents are supposed to be involved in the education system. Absolutely, 100%. Trustees, ministers of education are taking that authority upon themselves without advising parents. In fact, encouraging children to hide what is going on in the school system. For those of you who are new under Call to Action, we have weekly emails. And uh, we, we discuss many different things such as climate change, um, I'm just going to scroll down a bit. Uh, food security. Uh, we've had Rocco on to address our legal action. Uh, Tom Harris was great also on, we called it climate change realism. And uh, Ted Koontz addressing the vac uh, vaccines. Ted is a dear friend and an ally of ours, uh, bringing uh, awareness to big pharma and um, all of the medical tyranny that's going on, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot into to the RCMP. Please take a look if you're new, view this page to get up to date on some of the issues. Now, what I like to say is that a lot of individuals came to know about Action for Canada due to the COVID fraud, but COVID was not the problem. Pre-COVID was. People were silent, Canadians were silent on all the atrocities that were coming into our school systems, into our government systems, into um, our public places. Everybody was just compromising or being silent because they didn't want to uh, have anybody pointing at a, a finger at them and uh, making an example of you or causing your life to become disrupted. Because the left, they are vile, they are vicious, they are mean. They are not about love. They are not about diversity and inclusion. They are about my way or the highway. And so when we, over for myself, there's people that have been involved in this trying to ring the bell and warn us for many more years than myself, but I really stepped up seven years ago to really get involved and be as active in, as possible in facilitating Canadians and empowering them in an effective way, not only to report all the scary stuff that was going on and the harmful things, but to tangibly give them resources to get them in the game and effectively involved and taking action. And I think that we're doing, uh, having a very successful uh, campaign in doing that. All right, so one of the major topics that we've been addressing for especially the last six months again is this whole uh, gender-fluid program uh, confusing our children and causing them much pain and agony because of it. And so this week we, we have been addressing the mutilization and sterilization of Generation Z. If you're not familiar with that, I believe it starts in 1996 uh, to about 2020 is Generation Z, and then it goes into the alpha generation. So if we don't stop this now, alpha generation is going to be destroyed and mutilated as well. Uh, they lie to us, constantly victimizing a certain group. That certain group, they have sabotaged the LGBTQ, the gay and lesbians platform. Uh, they have sabotaged it and uh, for the purpose of, uh, of advancing a very radical sex, sex activist agenda. These sex activists have been lobbying government and pushing the trans agenda into education while we were unaware of it. They like to say that parents were involved, not just any parents, LGBTQ parents were involved in the SOGI education. All right, they say um, educators were involved, LGBTQ educators were involved, and as well as students, LGBTQ students 
All right. The rest of us were left out of this decision as to the education they were going to put in. Then they like to victimize whatever their uh, agenda is. So right now we hear a lot about the indigenous people. Well, they're using the indigenous people and the land rights because you know that Klaus Schwab has said that you will have nothing and be happy. So, but what, but what better way than to victimize indigenous people, bring up false claims of these graves, and then do you think that the government actually cares about indigenous people? The last seven years of Justin Trudeau is evidence that Justin Trudeau doesn't give a hoot about the concerns of indigenous people. They are using them to try to inflate a situation so they eventually can take away everybody's land in Canada. They want to own everything. All right, so another group that they are victimizing is the LGBTQ, and they're doing that and pushing this gender dysphoria onto kids, confusing them, and then they tell the parents that if they don't support this, their child has a higher risk of suicide. This is an outright lie. All right, then they're fast-tracking children into uh, all of the possible solutions, which are dangerous drugs and having their perfectly good body parts removed from their bodies to mutilate them and sterilize them. The fact of the matter is that individuals that transition have a 19 times higher rate of committing suicide. The other fact is and I called it the sad fact here, is that the UN Comprehensive Sexuality Education wasn't being, if it wasn't being taught in schools to begin with, children were not and weren't being indoctrinated en masse, then this whole issue that we're dealing with right now, of this massive gender dysphoria, it wouldn't even exist because prior to the comprehensive sex, sex education program, prior to SOGI 123, there were nearly 0% of minors who suffered with gender dysphoria. And I want that to really sink in, 0%. This is a manufactured problem, and it's brought on by individuals who obviously have unresolved childhood issues. It is also brought on by individuals who are projecting their adult sexual proclivities, and I'm going to call them deviant sexual proclivities because they're involving children, and they're, they're advancing that with children in mind. Prior to CSE, the majority of, uh, of the children who were identifying as an opposite sex during their teen years, if they weren't interfered with, they reverted to leading a normal heterosexual life, which is the best possible outcome. Because there is disease, there are concerns, there is depression, there is a high rate of drug overdose and abuse with those who are struggling with their gender identity. Wouldn't we want the best for our kids? What is wrong with these people pushing this agenda? Unfortunately, uh, uh, Chris couldn't make it here tonight, so I'll just carry on. If you haven't reviewed this information, I would highly recommend that you do. Uh, this is just incredible. Abigail Schreier, she is rightfully... Um, named her book, Irreversible Damage, The Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters. It is absolutely a nightmare of what is going on with this social contagion. They are exploiting children. And, and let me express as well, they are not just grooming children. They have groomed the adults in Canada. 
because how in the world did they cause us to remain silent as this was going into the school system, that you would be homophobic, that, uh, you know, uh, you would be racist, whatever it is, you were discriminate, discriminating against the LGBTQ as they victimized them so that you would accept this agenda. All right. We are in a serious fight for the well-being of our children in this nation. And, um, okay, this other video is just an incredible. Uh, the Lies of Transgender Medicine, it is a testimony of people, six young people who are detransitioning, three men and three women. Um, and again, they express how they were fast-tracked with gender-affirming care rather than getting to the heart of what the issues are. And I, I've got to say, um, it's just a, it happens to be a fact that the majority of people that have lived a gay and are living a gay or lesbian lifestyle or transgenderism, they have very unresolved childhood issues. There has been trauma. There has been either trauma, sexual abuse, um, physical abuse, to these children, and unless they get proper care and proper counseling, they are going down a very slippery slope with the gender ideology. All right, uh, this gal as well. All right, she has uh, retransitioned, detransitioned back to the woman, the beautiful woman that God created her, and uh, she is giving testimony down in the United States Capitol. And there's a new bill that's been put forward to protect. Children's Innocence Act that aims to shield minors from accessing the permanent body and life-altering medical treatments they may later come to regret. I can almost 100% tell you the majority are regretting it. Okay, as a result, uh, leaders and volunteers, okay, um, I'm going to go into this press release in a moment. Actually, I, I want to explain what led to me writing this press release. It's a little bit of an unusual press release because it's so lengthy, but it was an amazing opportunity. It wasn't for the media that we crafted this letter. It was for you. It was for Canadians so that we could expose what is actually going on. This is an opportunity to educate Canadians on the truth behind the lies of the media, um, the truth behind the lies of school board superintendents, ministers of education, and other individuals who are pushing this agenda. One of the biggest solutions I can say, my friends, is that I'm asking you to please uh, you need to get involved in a chapter. We need to be looking towards the future and getting prepared to get really good people elected. Um, Action for Canada is, is working towards building a team that specifically will oversee elections at all levels of government. If this is something that interests you, that you are well versed in, I would ask you to write to call to at actionforcanada.com and let us know if you would like to be part of that team. All right, um, I'm going to carry on now to what has happened. Oh, this was one site as well. Under call to action, as I mentioned before, uh, okay, hold on a second. We have updated our page. I'm thinking it's been under current actions now. So we are updating the website to make it more user-friendly. A lot of people are using their phones and with all those drop-down links, it can be kind of hard to navigate through. So now we've got current issues rather than a full drop-down under call to action. So stay tuned for those changes that we're making. We'll navigate them and then we'll probably do a recording to try to make it as easy as possible for you to find the information. So under our new um, heading current issues, if you go down to to political LGBTQ, 
you will then come up with this page. Like I said, we've been at this for a long time. In 2018, I wrote a report that's no longer quite at the top there. Here it is. Uh, United Nations LGBTQ Agenda to Indoctrinate Children Worldwide. I'd highly recommend you find that report and read through it. And then as well, we've got all the initiatives that are exposing deviants, such as this individual. I'm sure you all heard about that. Provide actions of what you can do. And uh, let's get this going. I'm going to love the action that's coming out next. The um, image is is just, anyways, we'll, uh, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, the mutilation and sterilization, you can see that this image as well. We've got a new artist on our team, Hans. Thank you, Hans, so much. It's a conveyor belt. Because this is what they're doing, fast-tracking girls to go and get their cut, breasts cut off. It says right here, breast removal and sterilization. They're having full hysterectomies. This is a drug, Lupron, very dangerous, puberty blocker. Um, this is causing harm to their bones and, and to their development. You can't mess with God's perfect creation and how he created kids to go through puberty and that how their bodies develop both male and female. Don't mess with this. We can't allow this to continue. So please visit the political um, Islam site. And sorry, I just have to go backwards. Sorry, the political, sorry, I've got two sites there in mind, the radical LGBTQ site, and just go over the materials we have and get familiar with it on this subject. We need all hands on deck. All right, so this is how your good work is paying off. We have so many, uh, I would say, of our opponents who are finding the need to speak out right now. And of course, as they do, they try to make uh, slanderous, demeaning comments about the individuals who are speaking up. They are trying to demean and slander school board trustees, uh, making them out to be hateful, all right? hateful and discriminatory. They say this is the BC Teachers Federation. They say there is an increase in school trustee campaigns supporting hateful and discriminatory rhetoric that stands in stark contrast to the values upheld by teachers and educators across the province. These candidate, candidates want to take BC backwards and some even openly talk about banning books from libraries. Do you see how they craft what it is? I mean, we're going to dissect this. Banning books, pornographic books for children, exposing children to pornography and sexualizing them. This is in the criminal code, my friends, section 163.1, section 152. It is against the law to sexualize children. They cannot hide between behind the BC Human Rights Code any longer. In 2016, the BC and federal human rights codes, 2016 and 17, they amended the human rights code to include gender identity and gender expression as a protected class against discrimination so that they could come to this point very incrementally. They have been strategically implementing their plan. These evil people have wanted to silence you and it started pre-COVID. In 2016, they were passing these human rights codes, and Bill C-16 was passed at the federal level. And they think that they can use that human rights code to sexualize our children right now, to make this okay? Let's make it very clear that the Constitution is the supreme is, has the supreme rule of law in Canada. The Constitution is the supreme law of Canada. And the Constitution, if anything, 
interferes with that, the Constitution trumps it. The criminal code states that it is unlawful to sexualize children and to groom them. We're going to stick with that. We are not going to take the BC Human Rights Code, which was slipped in without the majority of Canadians' approval or knowledge of it. All right, it may amend the Human Rights Code to include gender expression and gender identity. Why did why did they do that? Are you aware there was absolutely zero need to do that? But they wanted to victimize this group because we are considered all equal under the law, according to the Constitution. So the only reason they did this was incremental so that they could take away your rights. So they could challenge your rights and try to silence you and bully you into complying with all of this uh, absolutely evil resources and program and agenda right now. But you see, the BC Human Rights Code doesn't trump the Constitution. And you're right. All right? You have the freedom of expression. You have the freedom of thought. And as parents, you have a right to govern your children and raise them. But the government is trying to incrementally interfere with and take away your right. And they are poisoning your child's mind in the school system and turning them against parents. Because guess what happens? Once they indoctrinate your children, and I'm going to show you a graph as to how they're doing that, they are literally indoctrinating your children. They are grooming them. They're confusing them. And then they are going to be that loving government parent that sees them through their gender dysphoria into outwardly changing their identity. Outwardly, all right? Because they can't change from a boy to a girl or a girl to a boy. This is all a fraud. It's all a lie. It's a manifestation. So that's the BCTF is then trying to say, don't you dare take us backwards, right? Don't vote for a school trustee that's going to take us backwards who is opposing SOGI, these horrible, hateful people that are, who are actually trying to protect your kids. So the BCTF is going to make sure the local unions and labor council have candidates in your community that they're going to provide a list for. They're saying vote for these individuals that are going to corrupt your children. Is that what you want? All right, I said woke political social justice programs have no place in public education. So who's next? Look at this. Jennifer Whiteside is the Minister of Education and Child Care. So because of the rising rightful backlash against the SOGI 123, against the grooming of our children, against the pornographic books, and against adults, okay, sexual performers, men pretending to be women who look ridiculous, they're wanting to provide this entertainment for your children. Jennifer Whiteside has come out and felt that where there was a need to have a K-12 education partner statement on support for SOGI. Thank you, Jennifer Whiteside, for the evidence that you've provided us here, that you are in support of grooming children and this vile agenda that is leading to many children being harmed and that is ripping families apart. Every time I speak on this issue, I have a parent come up to me who has uh, testimony that their child, 10, 11 years old, if you can believe it, have been in a classroom where the teacher has been uh, providing the nonsense that I'm gonna show you is being taught and they're coming home and now their child is saying, I'm no longer a girl, I'm a boy. 
In 2018, there was a report that said there was a 4,000% increase on children who now say they identify, girls who now identify as a boy. That's from 2018. We've now had four more years of this program being taught in the schools. Can you imagine what that percentage is right now? I had one parent come to me, and there's an art school in Langley, British Columbia, Fort Langley, and they said that five girls, 11 and 12 years old, five in one classroom now identify as a boy. This is grooming. This is indoctrination. And Kevin Cardell is a superintendent in Kelowna who says you can't make a child gay or lesbian or trans, right? This is something they sort out on their own. No, sir. You are indoctrinating children. You are confusing them. This is, this is being done by the people who should be in these trusted positions. I believe that they should not only be removed, but they should be arrested. But that's just my opinion. So who is it that Jennifer Whiteside is proudly connected with? Who are her partners? All right. They happen to be the BC School Superintendents Association, the BC Association of School Business Officials, BC Principals and Vice Principals Association, BC Teachers Federation, QPBC, BC Confederation of Parent Advisory Councils, and the Federation of Independent School Associations. That's private schools, Christian schools. Our friend uh, Pierre has been showing us all about these books. He's been fantastic about exposing what schools have them, and he is exposing Christian schools. Aside from this, I've had parents from um, the Abbotsford Christian School reach out to me. I've met with them because they're making accommodation to now have soji in their schools, and they've opened up a can of worms. And what's next is the Furbies. I'm sure you're all starting to hear about Furbies, where children are now uh, identifying as animals. Where is it going to stop? All right, this is bestiality that's coming in next. This is sexual perversion of the very worst kind. When are we going to stop being tolerant? I, I reached my limit seven years, six and a half years ago when I found out about soji. I hope you're all at your limit. And so then they're also in uh, collusion here with the ARC Foundation. We're going to go over a statement that the executive director has made. So the ARC Foundation is behind this. They paid $200,000 to the Minister of Education back in, I believe it was 2016, to implement SOGI. This is who Jennifer Whiteside has aligned with. Then there's First Nations, etc. All right? So we've got their attention. Uh, okay, so this is, I'm so sorry, I have a bad dog barking in the background. I don't know how to get to her without removing myself. And she's deaf, so I can't tell her to stop barking. So my apologies for that. All right, this is the Canadian Federation of Libraries Associations. So thank you to all of our volunteers and our leaders who have been going to public libraries for months and months and months now to see if the huge list of vile books are in the public uh, library system in the section for minors, and 100% they are. We have evidence of it. There are parents and, and citizens who are removing these books, and they, in good conscience, they can't return them. They say, I can't bring these books back. What do I do with them? They want to burn the books. And you know what? I'm so sorry about my dog. Terenzio, can you take over for just a moment? I do have to put a stop to that. My apologies. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. You know, it's a perfect All excuse right. because your dog is deaf, so that was just a good laugh. Thanks for sharing that. She's 12 and a half years old, so I just love her to bits. 
except when she barks in the middle of a show. <laughs> All right, good thing that we can edit that part out, Trenzio. Okay, you guys, um, I'm just going to carry on here. I, I don't have too much further to go, but like I say, I, I am wanting to celebrate with you because all of these reports, all of these responses are necessary, and it shows us that we are moving the needle and again, uh, we can't do that without, of our uh, without all of our volunteers who are actually in their communities taking action. And we can't do that without your donations to help keep our organization going. Okay, so I'm going to go to the Canadian Federation uh, for, just go up here to the title, uh, Canadian Federation for, of Library Associations. So because of all of the notices of liability Canada-wide that were being served on uh, public libraries, instead of this board of directors being completely outraged by it, they ended up putting this uh, notice out on their home page. All right, so the Canadian Federation of Library Associations, instead of them being outraged by the notices of uh, personal liability that were being served to libraries across Canada, instead they tried to um, minimize the seriousness of, a, of the situation. Like, I'm sorry, but if I was a director at the CFLA and I found out, I, I mean, I gave you an idea of books. All right, we viewed some of the images, but that is not the worst of it. There are books that are promoting incest, rape, with vulgar language, and this list of books has been made available. So instead, the CFLA is saying that if, you know, if somebody shows up at the library and they have a concern about a book, then we have a, a resource that they just need to fill out on an individual basis and, and do it one by one. Instead of saying, oh my goodness, take a look at this list, and if we have these books in the library, then pull them and let's review them. If there's any other books under the author's names, then you know what, remove them and let's review them. That, to me, would have been the reasonable, responsible thing to do. But now all of these directors have put themselves in a position of liability because a notice of liability is merely to say, look, what you're doing is either causing harm or it's illegal. And in this instance, it's both. It's harmful and it's illegal. And instead, you know, they turn around and they say the notice appears to be an intimidation tactic created for widespread use in an organized campaign, but also, also may be viewed as an individual library patron expressing their disapproval. So I think this is pretty incredible. We've got their attention. But now we need to continue to apply pressure. And I would like to ask everybody possible to get the information from the uh, CFLA. Their directors are on their um, website, on their page, and send them a notice of liability. I don't know where this is all going to go, but there is a grooming network going on in Canada. I can't imagine any ethical or moral citizen being okay with this. And I, I, I just give, you know, give your head a shake for those of you at the CFLA that are directors and choosing not to address this matter. All right, um, again, um, okay, not sure. Okay, so this is uh, a notice this week. This is in response to all of the, uh, the work. All right, so I think I should take this one step further and first go to Castanet. So one of our chapter leaders and members ended up, this is a 
flyer that we've made available. It's under the parent resource page, and it explains exactly what sexual orientation, gender identity, SOGI 123 resource is. And we say it's a Trojan horse brought into, into schools under the guise of anti-bullying and to teach children to be inclusive and support LGBTQ plus students. And, and so as I mentioned earlier, they use victimization of a certain group and they're bringing in a very vile agenda. There, there is no way that we can pretend that this is something else other than it is. And so we'd encourage you go to our website under the parent resource and find that. So now we have the attention. Castanet is, uh, you know, they're bought and paid for. They're funded by the mainstream network right, of individuals that are funding fake news. And so Castanet, unfortunately, this individual, Rob Gibson, he had reached out to Action for Canada, but not in any reasonable way that we would have had an opportunity to reply. But who did he get an opinion from and a strong opinion from was uh, superintendent, school superintendent, Kevin Cardell. Now, Mr. Cardell has been very, very involved with um, government directives. I don't know how involved he is, but during our campaign last year to support school staff against being mandated to get uh, the jab, Kevin Cardell was on the front line trying to push through a decision from his board to mandate the jab for school staff. But our campaign was so powerful and so strong that we went nose to nose with them and saying, you are liable if you mandate these um, experimental injections for your school staff. Are you willing to take that li liability? And we sent that to the 60 school boards. We've, we've reported this multiple times. And out of the end of it, 30 of the 60 had voted, no way, we're not willing to risk that kind of liability that could bring harm. We're not medical professionals. We shouldn't be telling somebody what they should do medically or what treatments. We're not doctors. But Mr. Cardell pushed it to the very, very end, and a 1,000 parents and concerned citizens showed up to a meeting, and he pushed a yes vote. But the government had already decided back in the spring to overturn the mandates. And so basically, Mr. Cardell wasted a whole lot of time. But to me, I wonder what is wrong with this individual. Why would he do that? Why, why would he push this agenda? So now, Mr. Cardell is right on the front line of, uh, okay, so expressing his support. So the people in this group, they're talking about Action for Canada. This notice was put on a windshield. We always say, please don't put flyers on windshields. Uh, you know, respect people, put it in their hand, whatever, etc. But in this instance, this lady comes up, and uh, her name is Quibble. And I, I just, I, I quibbly quibble, I want to say, because she was just, of course, outraged. I don't know where they found this lady that they would put this, uh, you know, pamphlet on her car. She says she chased somebody off the school grounds that wasn't even a parent who was trying to talk to moms and dads about the travesty of the fact that this stuff was being taught in schools. Honestly, when you take a look at the flyer, I don't know why Ms. Quibble wouldn't have been outraged herself. So then Central Okanagan School District Superintendent Kevin Cardell said, it is unfortunate the group is spreading misinformation. 
really spreading misinformation, saying that they're indoctrinating kids and grooming them in the school system and teaching them non-age appropriate. So then Mr. Cardell goes on to say, the people in this group are trying to incite outrage based on misinformation. Central Okanagan Schools employs specially trained expert teachers, expert teachers to teach sexual health education according to the provincial curriculum. So I'm going to stop right there. SOGI, Comprehensive Sexual Education, is intertwined. It's a resource that is intertwined into all areas of the curriculum. Art, PE, math, you can't pull your kid out of it. This is not a sexual health education class. We're not talking about a sexual health education class that possibly a parent could opt out of, or maybe it should be that they opt a child in if they want it, right? Instead of just making it mandatory as part of the education system without knowing what's, what's going on. You have to be an involved parent to know what's going on in the schools. So one, that's false. All right. I don't care if they trained experts. I'd like to know what these trained experts were taught about sexual health. Was it that you can be a boy, girl, neither, or anything in between? Because right there, we need to stop the conversation. No, you can't. That's unscientific misinformation. And then they'd be lying to children. All right. So first of all, let's just stop right there. So then it goes using age-appropriate lessons. Do you think that teaching minors how to masturbate prepubescent children is age appropriate? I don't think so. So again, Mr. Cardell, you're giving misinformation. Educating students about anatomy, healthy relationships. Hmm. Healthy relationships? I don't think these are healthy relationships. Consent, sexual health, and identity is critical to their safety, health, and social and emotional well-being. See, see how they're always talking about their safety here? We've got groomers in the schools. We've got kids that are being convinced they're no longer the same sex who are going on dangerous hormones and en masse are then being fast-tracked and ultimately to have surgeries done to remove their penis, to remove their breasts, to remove their uterus. You want to talk about safety, Mr. Cardell? You want to manipulate people to think that this is a safe program? The book in question, the the one that's um, in the flyer, is it's perfectly normal. And so this isn't just about it's perfectly normal. If they would read the information and the notice of liability they've been served, they'd see that it is a long list of books, somewhere up around 100 books that are in the system. As I mentioned, talking about incest and normalizing rape and all the rest of it that are available to children, confusing children, doing them a, a gender spectrum chart. All right, this is not healthy or safe, having your child in the education system. Now, there's many, many, many good teachers out there who are hanging in. One, they need their job, but secondly, they don't agree with this. And so there's another form of misinformation that uh, Mr. Cardell gives. The book in question, so we won't won't address that. It was one book. It's not about just that one book, Mr. Cardell. Uh, He talks about how there's a single copy. With a new set of school trustees set to be elected on October 15th, Quibble is urging voters to do their research on views held by candidates before voting. Yes, please, everybody, do your due diligence and find out where these candidates stand on this issue. Cardell says the school district has no tolerance for any form of discrimination, bullying, or harassment, including from outside groups on school property. I would say that this is hypocritical. It's, it's again, it's a lie. It is only 
discrimination if you agree, disagree with this ideology. But what about all of the children and parents that are being discriminated and bullied right now and harassed because they don't agree with the sexualization of our children? The school district has also this frequently asked page on its sexual orientation policy, which differs from school systems sexual education program. The document states SOGI is merely a set of policies intended to make the school system inclusive for all by informing students about who lives in our community. Again, that is misinformation. Why are you indoctrinating them? Why are they lying to them? So it says informing people about the experience of someone else will not make them gay or straight since these are not choices. As children mature, they will self-identify on their own terms about whether they are gay, lesbian, straight, bisexual, or transgender, no matter how they self-identify. Uh, self it is important that they feel safe and positively reflected in what they learn. Okay. That is so loaded. How can you say that we have, we have evidence that children are being indoctrinated, that they're being influ influenced purposely by this program, and then turn around and say that someone else can't make somebody gay or straight or trans? The evidence proves otherwise. So this is what one of the things that children are being exposed to, uh, kindergarten, grade one, grade two, this is part of the SOGI resource, the gender bred person, all right? Okay, your identity is just in your head. Don't think about your biological sex, all right? This is all about feelings, all right? So then they, they, they will have some little... A gender spectrum scale. It won't involve all of this. At the front of the class, it will say female and male. And then they'll tell children to go up and say, you know, that the, first of all, they're already indoctrinating them with the idea that they're not really a boy and they're not really a, boy, a girl. And then they come up and ask them to identify on the scale of where they feel like. What do they feel like? Well, what if a girl loves to climb trees and, you know, they're giving the impression that you got to be a fairy tale princess in order to be a girl. So that little girl is going to go up and say, oh, you know what? I like boys things and things. So she's going to go up and she's going to maybe point her finger right here. Depending what teacher she has, if this is a pro soji teacher who is has the authority and the power to uh, provide her own resources to affect her children, and that child comes up, what do you think is going to start happening to that child? Is, do you think that child's going to start getting special treatment? The evidence is proving yes. And they're going to start helping that, question, that child question something that they would have never questioned had they not been in this classroom exposed to this information. It is absolutely diabolical what is happening in the classroom right now. And for them to have the gall to turn around and say that children can't be forced into this, they can't be coerced into this or led down this, we've got the evidence to prove that they're wrong. There are two sexes, male and female. And when God created them, he said, this is very good. Only men and women can procreate. Two lesbians, two gay men, they can't have a baby on their own. They can't. All right? That's because of nature. So if they continue down this route of trying to annihilate and eliminate male and female, I mean, this is great if, if you know, for Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab who want to limit the world population. 
is a great part of their plan. Okay, so um, just to, I, I, I'm not going to go over what my response was to the Castanet and to Mr. Cardell, but I would encourage you go, to go onto our webpage and read this information. I lay it out. Um, in the next Castanet article that came out, uh, they ended up again addressing this because there was a school district, 23 trustees, uh, push back. So the pro-SOGI trustees, they come out and say the most ridiculous things. Uh, the news release follows statements made by the anti-SOGI group, which made a number of false claims related to sexual orientation, gender identity, education in BC schools. Among other things, they accused the district of creating special clubs in schools where children are exposed to websites, including those containing gay porn. All right, well, this, this isn't made up. They're called Gay Straight Alliances, and they're clubs that are in schools, and we have uh, testimonies from kids who join these clubs, and then uh, whether it's out in schools or whomever it was, you go to their webpage, and then there were links linking to uh, websites that provide uh, pornographic material, gay porn. This isn't something made up. We have it on our website. We have links to that information. We just, a few few weeks ago, um, we actually provided in-detail information about that. So these people are out of their mind and say these are baseless and harmful allegations. No, what's harmful is that our kids are actually, especially the kids that are really struggling, they're the ones that end up in these groups and in these clubs. And, and this is what's harmful is that who's protecting these children from you guys, all right? These are not baseless and harmful allegations. There's proof and evidence about this. Okay, so they undermine the hard work of our staff and negatively impact our students. No, we don't. We're protecting the students. Uh, the trustees signed below strongly condemn these attacks. We will not tolerate this abusive behavior, behavior and reaffirm in the strongest possible terms our support for our teachers and our superintendent, Kevin Cardell. The statement from Action for Canada was in direct response to a castanet story published a week ago after anti-SOGI pamphlets were found left on vehicles. Uh, sexual orientation, gender identity and expression are protected under the BC Human Rights Code and Canadian Charter. We're not talking about sexual orientation and gender identity and expression. That's not what this issue is about. This issue is about sexualized children and providing them uh, not age-appropriate material and exposing them to sexual performers and uh, the potential, the strong potential of, in, uh, of kids being exposed to these books. We're, this issue is about teaching children unscientific information and then confusing them. That's the problem here. I don't care about sexual orientation and gender identity and expression. If, if, if an adult wants to have gender identity and expression as somebody else that, you know, they were biologically born as a male or female, that's their business, but you take your hands off our kids. It is not inclusive, equitable, and non-discriminatory practices and policies. They say are integral to supporting students. What students are we talking about here? We're talking about, had they not put this program in, students that might have identified as gay or lesbian might have made up 0.01% of the population in the teen years, in high school. Students that are in elementary school, 0%. On the scale, it would have been 0%. So why are we indoctrinating kindergartners, grade one, grade two, and confusing them and having this mass social contagion? 
that they are manufacturing here, all right? This is not inclusive and equitable and non-discriminatory practices to LGBTQ students. You're harming the vast majority of students. This doesn't make sense to me. So they go on about, uh, these are the trustees. If you live in Kelowna, Moira, Nora, Wayne, Julia, and Chantel, do you want these trustees voted in again? They're the ones in the article making these pro-SOGI statements. And then in the end, I believe it says, um, they call the disinformation being spread by Action for Canada dangerous and being deliberately spread to try and influence voters to prior to the election. No, it's not. Again, that's misinformation. We've been on this campaign for six and a half years. It has nothing to do with an election. What's happening is that because they've pushed this agenda too far, so many families and kids are being affected that parents are outraged. And this is becoming a very hot topic for discussion going into this election. Action for Canada is only facilitating and providing the information that we've been providing for six and a half years. These trustees and Mr. Cardell and everybody else involved in this need to take note. This agenda is coming to an end because the public, the majority, are the ones that have spoken. And it will reflect in school elections. It may not be the vast majority in this election in BC, Manitoba, Ontario, and PEI, and some of the, I believe, um, Northwest Territories and the Yukon are all having municipal elections right now, but we're going to be ready for the future. And there are going to be great trustees who are going to be elected into these positions, and then we got to work harder for the future. And this is why I showed you this map. This is why I showed you that we need to be in every town and community, and we need to take back our school boards, and we need to take back our city councils. The harmful lies and deception by Action for Canada and those affiliated with them underscore the importance of this work. Really? We're the ones that are causing harmful lies? It is our hope that the Central Okanagan School Board of Education will get back to its core purpose, educating students. Hmm. That's an interesting statement, isn't it? What's all we want? We want you to get back to educating students and stop with all the political propaganda and uh, as far as critical race theory is concerned, climate change, scaring the bejeebers out of our children and um, as well as this LGBTQ propaganda. It's got to stop. The gay and lesbian community are also telling you it's got to stop. And, and to all the people from the gay and lesbian community who have emailed Action for Canada, I want to thank you for articulating your support. But I also want to challenge you on something. The government has been victimizing your community for, for far too long. And if you're sick of that, I want you to stop identifying as the gay and lesbian community, and I want to, you to join us as identifying as a concerned Canadian. We are all equal under law, and that's what this is about. It is about Canadians who are all equal, according to the Constitution, as Canadians stepping forward. Okay, I'm just going to regroup here and this was a wonderful trustee who is stepping out as well in Courtney and making her voice known. It's just so courageous what trustees are doing and the backlash that they're receiving. Okay, in closing up, I just want to bring to your attention, this was the most recent article I got and this is a big hoorah again to everybody. I want you to take all of these as the wins that they are. We have their attention and they're concerned, and they better be concerned, because what they're doing is unlawful, and it needs to be overturned. And so the press progress, 
is funded by the NDP and the unions. And so it, they, they've, uh, of course, they've got to give the best picture of uh, Barry and I. I love it. But look at this. They refer to us as a Christian nationalist. I am so proud of that. Yes, I'm a Christian nationalist. I believe that Canada was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. And uh, that is the core to our freedom and democracy. And we're in this mess because you took prayer out of school. And because they say we're a secular nation. And that Christianity, the schools are governed by secularism. No, they're not. Not according to the Constitution, not according to the coronation oath, which trumps any human rights uh, amendment you may make or any false legislation that's being passed that needs to be completely overturned. All right? If anything is in violation to our rights under the Constitution and to the coronation oath, which is the landest, um, longest standing document that we have, and that coronation oath says that Canada is to be governed by biblical principles. And we're going to stand on that, and we're going to fight to have that returned. We shouldn't even be fighting for it. It's, it's a given. And so what we're going to do is we're just not going to comply with all of this nonsense because it is in complete violation with the guaranteed rights that we have right now as a nation. So anyways, the interesting thing here is, uh, so now I've reviewed that we have the government minister of education involved. We have the union involved. We have the Canadian Federation for Associations involved. We have the media involved. And now the ARC Foundation has uh, finally decided to make a statement. So Reg Craig is the executive director of the ARC, ARC Foundation. He says SOGI123 is a set of tools and resources to help create safer and more inclusive schools for students of all sexual orientations and gender identities. I'm getting so sick of hearing safer and more inclusive schools when they are making outcasts to the majority of students who are heterosexual. Uh, okay, this is just not going to fly, Mr. Craig, and your SOGI123 is going to be removed because it's harming children. And what you may have meant to help the gay and lesbian children in school, because trans, that wasn't an issue, all right? For 001% of the population, we, we shouldn't even be discussing trans children in schools because it was nearly zero until you guys got a hold of our kids. And so if gay and lesbian, we, my child... I've mentioned this a few times. She was severely bullied for a period of time to the point where we had to get the police involved. She's not gay or lesbian, all right? We know many other kids that are bullied. It is not. Why do you want to victimize these individuals? Won't they thrive if you start telling them that they can achieve everything? I think that would be better. Otherwise, you know, you need to victimize the children that are coming to school starving because their family doesn't have enough money for food or the children that have been beaten and, hold, and are hiding their bruises and their scars. What about the kids with anorexia? There's a lot of hurting kids in school right now because we're messing them up. School should be a safe place, Mr. Craig, and you are messing with them and you are part of the problem. And you need to admit it and you need to work with us to get Soji removed as a resource. So anyways, they go through and make all kinds of statements about Action for Canada, but I just love it. They say we're united and on the move and devoted to making Canada great again. That's from our website. Um, I'm, just, I'm just so proud of what everybody is doing. Action for Canada is one of many Christian nationalist groups that participated in convoy occupations. It wasn't an occupation. 
lawful, lawful gathering. They love to twist it up, right? I don't know who actually reads these articles. I'd imagine it's a, a very small minority fringe group that actually reads these. But um, this is what they're printing. This is what they're trying to get out there, as, and they call that information. Okay, Terenzio, I'm going to finalize this. If you can play this video, um, I'm going to close with this. Go to a time of Q&A. This is the devastating truth behind it. Thank God for Matt Walsh. He said he will die on this hill, that he will not stop exposing this. And um, maybe you already saw through social media about Vanderbilt uh, that their clinic has been open since 2018. And they got them on camera saying there is big money to be made in these surgeries. My heart sank. Uh, when I saw this, this is so evil beyond words. I was sick to my stomach. Okay, Terenzio, will you just play that video for a moment? So how much money we think each patient would bring in, and this is only including top surgery. This isn't including any bottom surgery, and um, it's a lot of money. These surgeries make a lot of money. Uh, so female to male chest reconstruction can bring in forty thousand dollars. A uh, patient just on routine hormone treatment, who I'm only seeing a few times a year, can bring in several thousand dollars because that requires a lot of visits and labs. It actually makes money for the hospital. Now, these I got from the internet, um, but it's from uh, the Philadelphia Center for Transgender Surgery, which has um, does a lot of um, surgery for patients. And I just want to give you an idea of how much these bottom surgeries are making. And this is, I think this has to be an underestimate. Uh, this is for a vaginoplasty. They're saying they're quoting roughly around $20,000 for a vaginoplasty, but that doesn't include your hospital stay, that doesn't include your post-op visits, that doesn't include um, your anesthesia, your OR. So I would think that this has to be a gross underestimate. I think that's just like the surgeon's uh, piece of it, which anybody who's ever been in the hospital knows that that's like 10% of it. Uh, and then the female to male bottom surgeries, these are huge money makers. Again, I think this has to be an underestimate that they're quoting around $20,000 for a phalloplasty. There's been different things that I've read that said it could be up to $100,000. Uh, Dr. Winokur, who's our surgeon, said that there's entire clinics where the entire clinic is supported just by their phalloplasties, and that is like a fraction of the surgeries that they're doing. These surgeries are labor intensive, they require a lot of follow-ups, they require a lot of OR time, and they make money. They make money for the hospital. I, I wanted to provide that final uh, video and um, just to bring this portion of my presentation to a close. I know that this is a lot to consume and, you know, it has been a very difficult journey in the last six and a half years trying to be on the front line of this, warning people with very other good organizations, Campaign Life Coalition. My friend David Cook has been uh, working at this alongside me for, I think I met him six, seven years ago. And and so we're so grateful that more Canadians are becoming aware, but we, we have to understand who's behind this and where this is coming from. Uh, Planned Parenthood, uh, they hate life. They are, of course, pro-abortion. Get your kids on birth control. Don't tell your parents what you were doing. I mean, these have been agendas that have been going on for decades. And evil doesn't have a limit. It is it is so vile. And, and sexual deviancy, once it begins as well in society, it doesn't have a limit until we say enough. And so when we... I believe as a nation, being one of the only nations that doesn't have a law against abortion, we opened the door to the rest of this. 
And there is sex-selective abortion going on in this nation because of um, people who are immigrating uh, from Pakistan, etc. There's certain cultures who don't value girls. They put a value on boys. And um, I happen to be a twin. My older brother of 45 minutes, <laughs> they didn't know I was coming into the world. I was a bit of a surprise. But I, I think about that sometimes, right? And I think, what if my mom and dad didn't want a girl? What if I was aborted? I think, what a shame. Look at what God has as an assignment for me. And um, just think about all the girls that have been aborted for the very specific reason that they are girls. Think about late-term abortion. Uh, we're, we're supposed to be a nation founded on godly principles. Does this make sense to anybody? And you can be a Christian or not a Christian, but I think ethically and morally, there has to be a line where we can finally say this is no longer where we just have to tolerate different ideas and opinions. We can't. We can't tolerate the intolerable. There has to be a line to be drawn, and that line is now. We need abortion legislation in Canada. We need to overturn decisions uh, regarding uh, same-sex marriage because the radicals that were pushing for that are the ones that will not stop pushing this agenda. When people say, love who you want to love, if you're an adult, Pierre Elliott Trudeau said, what happens in your bedroom stays in your bedroom. I don't want to hear about it. This should not be even a conversation that we're having right now, but it is because this is being pushed in the school system. So we've got some work to do ahead of us. And I think that we as a nation, uh, God is being gracious right now because he's giving us an opportunity. And so COVID, as I've said at the onset of this, was not the problem. It was pre-COVID. This has been a very huge problem that's been growing in Canada and this vile attack against our children. And I'm just going to read something from the Bible as I close and we go to questions. But in Psalm 139, it says, uh, I'll just read verse 1 and 2, and then I'm going to skip to 13. It goes, Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. And when I think about that, you know, sometimes we think that, you know, we can get away with certain decisions that we're making, but you know what? God knows. And I believe we need to have a conscience over the decisions. And God knows when you're silent and when you've been complicit and when you've allowed these types of things to seep into our nation without saying anything about it. And you're going to be held to account one day for that. So when God says in uh, Chronicles about him healing our land. It says that we are to humble ourselves and to come before God and confess our sins. And then once we've humbled ourselves with a contrite heart, that God says he will heal our land. But he needs us as a nation rising up in unity to do this. It's not going to be everybody bowing their knee. But I'm telling you, there's enough of us. And again, whether you're a Christian or not, you've been complicit You've allowed this. You've been convinced that, you know, you shouldn't speak out about these issues. And the time has come that we need to. Now, for those of you who are attending, and you may be struggling with your identity, to you, with love, I want to read verses starting in Psalm 139, 13. He says, "You, this is God made all the delicate inner parts of my body, of your body, and he knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, 
as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. And that verse means that God knew you before time began. He planned on you. He planned that you would be male or female, not anything in between, male or female. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, God. They cannot be numbered. And so for any of you who feel attacked because we're talking about this issue, please don't. It's awfully hard sometimes to be boldly standing on the truth. And something has happened in individuals' lives who are questioning their identity as God had created them. There's been hurt and there's been pain. And in this case, in many cases right now, there's been indoctrination. And if we don't come out and talk boldly about the lies, then that means the perpetrators who caused the harm against you get off scot-free. For those children and the majority of children formally before this indoctrination system who were struggling with a homosexual lifetime, not all of them, but the majority of them had been sexually abused as a child. What happens to the pedophile who ended up harming that child? Will there ever be justice when that child grows up and is able to revisit those memories, those painful memories, and figure out what had happened to them? You see, that's why the government, Justin Trudeau, passed Bill C-4 in January, the conversion therapy ban. First of all, conversion therapy hasn't existed in Canada for 50 or 60 years. It was when individuals who were gay uh, were going to be institutionalized, castrated, given drugs because they didn't want to be gay and they were fighting against those feelings. They realized that that was unsuccessful. But Justin Trudeau and this trans-LGBTQ mob of sexual activists got together and because of their own uh, unresolved issues of what they experienced. And I'm sorry that they experienced those feelings of hurt and pain. Um, but what happens is, is that they're using that hurt and pain and projecting it on other people. And so they forbid anybody struggling with their identity now to go to a counselor of their choice. They're saying to parents that now that we've indoctrinated your child, or possibly a child has been sexually assaulted by a family friend, that they're saying you can't go to the prayer for pastor, to the pastor for prayer. You can't go and get counseling of your choice. You need to take them to a dysphoria clinic where they will only provide your child with information of how they can transition. And if you as a parent do not support this, according to Bill C-4, this is verbatim, you can spend five years in jail. What kind of world are we living in? To me, this Bill C-4 is non-existent. I don't care if Justin Trudeau and the NDP got together with this devious little plan and they had a majority between the two of them and passed this. We need to recognize that this is in violation of the Constitution. And you need to realize as parents, this is a very real threat against you. It would be better to have your child uneducated than right now have them in the public school system and risk that they are one of the kids that are going to be indoctrinated or put in a classroom with this type of unscientific ideology. So that's where I'm going to leave it. I wanted to show you tonight a very real process of what the work of Action for Canada is accomplishing. 
I want to encourage you to continue to support us, to donate. If you don't have the finance to donate, please don't donate. We know that many of you are struggling or out of work, etc. Give up your time. Give of your time. If you can't give of your time, then we're asking you to share our information on social media to make sure that all of this hard work pays off. Get involved. Please get involved. And thank you so much. Okay, Terenzio. Whew. We've got uh, a rally page to share if you'd like with uh, Barry Newfeld, if you want me to bring oh, that yeah, up for you. Oh, yeah, let's highlight that right now. Yes. All right, so I am going to be in Ottawa next week. I am so excited about this. Barry Newfeld, as you know, we had him on last week, and I, uh, sorry, week at, before, and I, I literally call him a national hero. Uh, because of Barry exposing the comprehensive sexual education program, this is a man with a conscience. He was a trustee. He recognized grooming when he saw it, and he felt that the NBC, like I said, it's called SOGI in BC, but it's the UN Comprehensive Sexual Education to Sexualize Children at the Earliest Age Possible. Barry boldly spoke out about it. He questioned it. He wanted to have a conversation. Where did this come from? As I said, parents weren't involved, and all of a sudden, as a trustee, he's hearing about SOGI 123 in these pilot programs in nine schools in British Columbia. And so uh, Barry is in a horrible situation right now. Uh, the um, prior uh, BCTF teachers... Uh, leader, president, sorry, Glenn Hansman made defamatory and libelous comments about Barry Newfeld. And so Barry has laid um, a, a case, a civil case against Mr. Hansman. Uh, Mr. Hansman appealed it, and uh, Judge Ross had ruled in favor of Mr. Hansman, but Judge Ross was new to the bench. And so it, uh, Barry then again, he ended up appealing it, and three appeal court judges ruled in favor of Barry. Mr. Hansman has the union and the government funding behind him. And so he went to the Supreme Court of Canada, and nine judges ruled that this case should be heard at the Supreme Court. This is about defamation being upheld. It is, there is no doubt Mr. Hansman says that because Barry was acting hatefully, and I've just shown you who the real haters are here, that because of that, that he w it was appropriate for him to say the things that he did about Mr. Newfeld. All right, this, this caused a great risk for Barry in his community. It caused a lot of hate and backlash towards this wonderful man who could be retired in Mexico right now, but he's not. Glenn Hansman's actions were wrong, and that case is going to be heard on October 11th at the Supreme Court of Canada in Ottawa. And if you could just scroll up for a moment, we um, I'm going to be there speaking as well as Maxime Bernier, Jack Fonsenka, Pastor Andrew uh, DiBartolo, Shannon Boshi, who is apparently running as a trustee in Ottawa, but he has a testimony to give. He has a testimony of his own child um, and what they've had to endure because of the indoctrination in the system called the education system right now. There are going to be more speakers as well. And so if you're in the area, please come and say hello and introduce yourself. Please share the information and try to get as many Canadians as possible to show up at this event. All right. Thank you. All right. Uh, Trenzio, do we have any questions out there? We do. And I just want to thank you for all your passion. I think all of us heard it here online and, you know, all of your efforts do not go unnoticed. And on behalf of Action for Canada, we want to thank you for everything that you're doing. Uh, we do have three questions. Okay, so in the q and I'm just going to take a peek here. Dennis has asked, apparently there are several books in the Winkler Manitoba library system. 
there was a meeting with the library board and apparently the books are still there. What can be done with this evil pornographic literature? Okay, Dennis, thanks for that question. I saw a video the other day of a wonderful, wonderful presentation that a gal had made. Uh, there's a YouTube video of it. But my question would be, did they serve the library, the notice of liability. That would be one of my top absolutes. Make sure that you go, you find out who's running that library, you find out that person's name and you serve them. Then what I would like you to do is find out where those resources, those books are in the library. If they are indeed in the child section, take a video of it. Um, open up the book, you'll see the stamp of the library, get the evidence you need. I don't know where this is going, but I believe that this needs to re be reported to the police. Um, so that's, that's what I would say. And please share with that group about Action for Canada and ask them to get actively involved with our parents team in the chapter. We have a number of them in Manitoba and they're growing. Like I say, we have many more chapters that are, are going to be popping up very soon, but we just couldn't get back to the vetting until now. So thank you, Dennis. I hope that's helpful. Okay. Roland says, how does one avoid being caught in the hate speech laws? and human rights tribunals when expressing opposition to the pushers of radical gender identity, ideology, I mean, upon our children. Well, I've articulated myself fairly well tonight, I think, Roland, so I would say listen to this video again, read our resources. Uh, we've got to remember, you have the freedom of thought. Why in the world would the government think that they could force us that if a man identifies as a woman, that we would have to go along with that? I, I just don't understand. I mean, the UN, very strategically, there was uh, transgenderism used to be on the list of mental health disorders. And strategically, a few years ago, they removed that. And it was all part of, you can see incrementally why they were trying to uh, minimize the uh, opposition, right? They wanted to silence you. Well, just because you take it off the list of human, the UN, they're an unelected body. I didn't vote for them. And the rule of God says, and that's the top rule in Canada, is the law of God. That's what our nation was built on. And God's law says that there are man and woman. That's it. There is no woman, man, or whatever, a man pretending to be a woman. And Previously, uh, no matter how much a man would even want to bear a child, they can't. They biologically, scientifically isn't created to do that. They're making false wombs. Well, even if they made a false womb, that man isn't having a child. They can't. They can't breastfeed. All right. So why are we being invited and, and told that we need to uh, go along with this dysphoria? So we've got to be able to go out there and question this. Just because the UN passed something doesn't mean that we as a nation are going to comply with that. All right? We are a sovereign nation, and our nation is built on Judeo-Christian principles. Anybody that does not abide by that or aligns themselves with an unelected body that's interfering with our sovereignty, that's a traitor to this country. I believe Justin Trudeau is a traitor because he's taken the objectives of the UN and he's implementing them. How can that happen, right? Because he has surrounded himself with individuals that are as sick as he is and will support him. And so we've got to keep pushing law enforcement for justice. We've got to keep going to the courts and pray for judges 
that uh, within their own right mind would finally have a conscience and stop supporting this. It is critical. It, it's shocking how deep this goes. So learn from what it is that we're writing. Um, something else that you can say, if you're disagreeing with what an individual is saying, you can say reportedly or allegedly, if you've seen it in an article and you're addressing it, refer to it from what you've heard in that article so that they can't um, hit you with defamation. All right. But reach out to that person and ask them for a statement or a comment directly on it. We want to hear from these individuals. All right. Uh, again, Roland, the prohibition against sexual discrimination in the Constitution. Hasn't the Supreme Court of Canada implicitly imputed gender discrimination, which presumably included radical trans rights as defined by the LGBTQ and crowd. Uh, so yeah, when Trudeau passed Bill C-16, which was with the majority government, just kind of pile-drived it through there. Uh, again, if we're going to weigh that to the Constitution and to the coronation oath, did is, is this legitimate? Is Bill C-16 legitimate saying that gender identity and gender expression are now a protected class. How can they do that? We're all equal under the law, and now they're giving specialized treatment. So it's it's dueling with the Constitution. So the Constitution trumps, and the Constitution says you and I are equal, which means I have the equal, equal right to thought. And my thoughts are that this is wrong. So I get to I get to object to this. And so then they put it into the criminal code. How can they put this in the criminal code? So gender identity and gender expression may be in the criminal code. And what that is saying is that if somebody wants to be trans, fill your boots. Uh, but that doesn't give them a right to be teaching about this in the schools to the point that it's harming children, right? So, so we've got to weigh this and we've got to critique it properly. Allison, uh, whose idea was it in the first place to allow these books into the school libraries? Who is the person who are the people responsible? Okay, so Alan, that's uh, very good. We have created a new resource uh, called the Freedom of Information resource. In addition to serving the notice of liability, thank you for that question because I forgot to mention it earlier. We are asking you to inquire. You have the right to inquire who was it that originally approved these books going into the library? And so when I was saying videotape that the books are in the library, find out that they're actually there, find out that they're in the child section. And then once you've got that information documented, do a freedom of information and ask who it was specifically who approved these books. And then I would recommend you go to the police and ask them to investigate. Roland, uh, again, <laughs> the unaffiliated people should be encouraged to research and make their own list for their contacts, or must a single individual also register as a third-party organization? Encouraged to research and make their own list for their contacts. Okay, I'm not quite sure what that was about. Um, maybe it was when I was talking about upcoming elections. So Action for Canada wants to put together this elections team because we've got some work to do. We, we have said we want to take back all levels of government. SOGI right now affects all levels of government. Municipalities are um, having LGBTQ books uh, booths up in their lobbies. And, you know, with the books and uh, pride and raising the pride flag, that's got to stop. 
That's 100% got to stop. So it's at the municipal level, it's at the uh, provincial level, and it's at the federal level. The pride flag is political. This whole LGBTQ thing is a political movement. So if our spaces are supposed to be neutral, under the law, they are supposed to be public spaces, are supposed to be neutral. That section is in the report that I wrote in 2018 I was telling you about in the LGBTQ, radical LGBTQ link. And so public spaces are supposed to be neutral. I don't want to stand at the TD bank anymore and be indoctrinated with propaganda that they play on all of their TVs, all pro-LGBTQ. Men kissing, women kissing. Why are we having this in, in, in the bank? Why are there LGBTQ pride flags raised at our schools? Because the creator of the pride flag, that's what flags are for. Flags are about proclaiming power. So what just happened when they just put that uh, pride flag up at your elementary school? They are proclaiming power over your school. They are proclaiming power over your municipality. The municipality is supposed to be partisan and they are supposed to be neutral. And we need to demand that. And that's why we need Action for Canada groups getting on board. And if you have individuals uh, in the uh, council that win again and are pro putting that flag up, you need to bring the information before them and demand as citizens who are paying for them to have that seat that they remove it. It's not a majority rules here. We've got rules in place that have already said they should not have these flags up the pole. But most Canadians don't know that. So you need knowledge is power. When you have it, you got to use it. So moving forward, we, we need to register as third party. Right now as Action for Canada, we cannot promote specific individuals, but we are going to move towards that. If somebody did it, it would be, from our group, it would be in error. And, and so, yes, moving forward, we are going to have a huge database with all the individuals that we will finally be able to re recommend in the future. Okay, uh, Lucille, have there been situations where the police have not been supportive in arresting and char charging the whole, those holding the social material. We haven't even gotten there yet, Lucille. And as with COVID, the police in most instances have been completely useless. And the reason is, um, I don't mean to degrade the police, but they've lacked backbone. These laws, uh, these mandates were in violation of the constitution and the charter of rights and freedoms. Absolutely no officer should have been upholding these mandates that violated your right to be on a train without a mask, to go to work and have your business open, to go and shop for groceries, whatever it was, they had no right to do what they did. And you know what? As I've said repeatedly, even if Trudeau had implemented, invoked the Federal Emergency Act, the Fed, which he never did in response to COVID-19, even the Federal Emergency Act very clearly states that your charter rights and the Bill of Rights cannot be infringed upon. So all the police need to do is read that and read the Constitution in the Charter and respect your rights, but they didn't because they're superiors. This has been a top-down problem. And the superiors at the RCMP have lacked backbone. Commissioner Lucky is the top cop in the RCMP in Ottawa, and she is just compliant to Justin Trudeau. But it's very clear that the RCMP are supposed to be completely non-political and there should be no social agendas coming into the RCMP. But she has dictated that the RCMP should support the month of Ramadan. 
the month of Ramadan, that's Islamic law. No, we should not support or celebrate Ramadan in Canada ever, right? And we should not be building a bridge with the LGBTQ. No more victimizing the LGBTQ. Let's see them thrive for themselves. They are working. They are educated. They don't need to be victimized anymore. And there is no more building bridges. This is part of an agenda. All right. The RCMP should be completely neutral. And we are calling you on you to be neutral. We are calling on all of the officers to start coming together and start knocking it off. Stop the nonsense. Stop complying with this. You're in violation of your oath. Okay. <laughs> so those are my answers. Uh, Trenzio, did we have any other hands up or are we good? No, we are good on our end. We just okay, have uh, next week's Okay, so week's, to everybody, uh, thanks for hanging like in there with up. us tonight. And I hope that this was uh, very informative. We're going to be posting on this on the Empower Hour. We need to really, all of us, need to take responsibility for what's going on. As I just said a moment ago, knowledge is power. And when you have it, you got to use it, but you've got to share it. Please make it your, your job to get out there and educate others on truly what is going on. Expose this information. Take all the great resources Action for Canada has and boldly stand on the front line with us and expose it. Our children's very lives and their future are reliant on it. Okay, so next week is going to be another um, really heavy topic. David Cook, he is just such a wonderful man. He has been on the front line of family issues for as long as I've known him. And next week, we are going to be talking about euthanasia. And truly, it's a murderous scheme. The call to action, I just completed it today. It will go out Sunday night. And uh, you are going to be shocked by what was going on in Canada regarding euthanasia. This involves providing this death shot to nearly anybody who wants it. It is no longer the terminally ill. It is the elderly. It is the depressed. It is our minors, our youth, and it is, is just expanding. What is it going to be next? The fringe minority? What is going on? You know, we have many people because of COVID in, in Canada right now, uh, businesses that were shut down, farmers who are struggling. A lot of people in Alberta lost uh, their whole livelihood in their industry uh, to natural oil, right? Uh, there are so many people who have already committed suicide. For those who are standing on the ledge right now, now that euthanasia is so readily available, what's, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? We should be helping people get through this uh, travesty. And instead, the government is expanding it. And today, there was a vote in the House, uh, Bill C-230, and we lost that one. A conservative MP was advocating for doctors and nurses and medical health workers who, by conscience, uh, could not participate in euthanasia or even uh, they're being forced by the government either to participate or if somebody comes to them that they need to give them the name of somebody that will give them this death shot. And I go back to the coronation oath that's built on biblical principles where it says ethically doctors cannot commit murder. This is murder. And so I don't care what was passed today uh, by Trudeau government and the NDP, you evil, wicked, wicked people. I don't care what was passed. Doctors, Nurses, you stand your ground. You have a constitutional right not to give anybody the death jab or recommend anybody to them that would give them the death jab.
So anyways, that's where I'll leave it. I want to leave on a light note. I want to leave you with hope. I 100% believe that God is answering prayer in this nation by exposing the evil that has risen in this land in the last seven years. And my friends, we need to take advantage of this. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to close with a prayer tonight. So for those of you who may not be non-believers, that's okay. Just if you could sit in silence with us for just a moment. I'm just so appreciative of you all. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, thank you, God, so much. For years I was praying for the nation. I was praying for my Christian brothers and sisters who were basically dead in their faith, who weren't rising up, were apathetic, who didn't know what was going on in this nation, God, that you would just infuse in them the Holy Spirit that would speak the same truth that you've spoken to me. Thank you that I have eyes to see what's going on and ears to hear. But I pray for a nation, for this nation, Lord Jesus, that the people would have eyes to see and ears to hear, and that they would take it a step further, Lord, that they would have the heart to receive it. So many people see and hear what's going on and they leave it there, Lord Jesus, but we need to actually embrace this. We need to accept what's going on, Lord Jesus, and then we need the feet to walk it out in truth and righteousness. God, we need to be doers of the word. We need to be taking action. Being a Christian is not an apathetic position. Jesus, you were the greatest activist in the world. You endured hatred. You endured discrimination beyond what we could ever imagine. You endured persecution. And you said to us as believers that to follow you would mean that we too would be persecuted for our faith and proclaiming the truth. But the Bible also says that the truth shall set us free. So we are on a truth mission in this country. I pray pray for those as well that don't know you. This is a ministry as well, Lord Jesus, for those who are lost that don't know you, who have been deceived. I pray that they would come to a saving grace in you. I thank you that you are merciful. I thank thank you that you are uh, shining a bright light on all this evil. And Heavenly Father, I pray that you do something mighty about it, that you destroy this evil, that you take it out and take it down. Help us to be successful in all our endeavors. We give you praise and glory, and we thank you. I thank you for every single person on this call and in this nation, and I pray for your blessing upon them. I pray that you give them joy in the midst of their sorrows, and I pray that you alone can give them hope. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Have a wonderful rest of the week, and we will see you next week on the Empower Hour. God bless you, and God bless Canada.
right. 